And so this is the uh, Plan Your Start podcast. And I have today with me a um, very special guest. This is the, the two um, ladies behind the brand and the business of Coco and Dash. And effectively is right in the core of Dallas, right? I wouldn't want to say downtown, but right in the core of Dallas, we have this uh, amazing uh, store that people rave about. People travel quite a far distance to visit. Um, it has the, the most interesting, hard to find, exquisite uh, home decorating items that, uh, that one can find. And so, and what proves that is your following uh, on Instagram and social media is like, continues to be massive and grow. So uh, congratulations on all that success. And it seems to be right up uh, your, uh, your alley from your personal beliefs and your personal talents and your personal personalities. So again, congrats on that and welcome, welcome to my little podcast. Thanks. Thank you. Excited to be here. Right, right. I'm excited to have you. And uh, I, I like that little Texas uh, draw in the accent. I like that too. I don't, I get caught up in our type of... <laughs> My You're the one with the accent. We don't have accent. <laughs> you don't know about it, right? <laughs> so, so it's it's perfect. I love it. And uh, I'm gonna. I plan to tour the whole country with my guests. I'm gonna pick up a little bit from everywhere. Um, so I wanna I wanna open this up by just reading a little bit of a background on uh, on Teddy and Courtney. So Teddy and Courtney Garrigan are the mother daughter dynamos whose personal and creative style is the foundation for their award winning home decor retail shop, Coco and Dash. Coco and Dash brand arouses the spirit of Southern hospitality and a life well-lived through unpretentious luxury, style, and comfort. At the heart of Coco and Dash brand story is the promise of creating a home that celebrates life by combining people and things that are loved. While Courtney has developed a signature style that embodies beauty and function, she has a propensity for quirky finds that are seamlessly incorporated with classic elements. Passionate about her love of perfection and design, she contributes a fresh approach to the retail business. With a love of all things home, Teddy is known for her keen eye and a sense of style resulting from a lifetime of travel. A devout Southerner who grew up living in Europe, she brings a relaxed and fun sophistication to Coco and Dash, along with a modern sense of luxury that is fresh, stylish, and timeless. Teddy and Courtney shared an, an irreverent sense of humor, and we're going to find out more about that today, and use their professional backgrounds in conflict resolution and counseling every day in the retail world. Well, that sounds interesting. And how do you do that? Coco and Dash is a two-time winner of the Arts ARTS Award for Best Home Decor Shop in the Midwest, Southwest. It was named one of House Beautiful's Best Shops in America and has been named Best of D Magazine and Best of D Home. So how lucky am I to have you two on my little show? So welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, so I want to, um, uh, start by just, you know, on the top, just maybe describe, uh, describe the stories you would describe it in your own words and, and, and what it's like today, uh, not necessarily with this, uh, COVID situation, but generally, um, how do you feel about your business and how would you describe it today? Who would like to maybe go first on that one? Mom, why don't you start? Well, okay, so t today, what Coco and Dash represents really is our love of family and home and uh, developing memories with people that, friends and entertainment. So uh, we started as uh, strictly home accents and now we've increased where we have 
furniture. We have a design studio, and we also are ready to launch uh, um, custom bedding. So there's our, our brand is based on a combination of product, physical space, and environment. And all of those things have to work together to give you that feeling that you customers get when they come to Coco and Dash. And we want everybody to love their experience there. You don't have to buy something to enjoy the experience and to feel like you're welcome. I think that's cool. That's, I love that you add that. You don't have to buy something. So, you know, you're creating a browsing experience and ultimately the people that want to buy will buy, right? And you're just patient for that. Correct. That's Coco, correct. Uh, Courtney slash Coco, what would you add? Um, you know, mom pretty much sums it up. Uh, we are, uh, as she said, we were just about to launch a, um, our bedding, uh, custom bedding shop. It's a shop within a shop, basically. Um, we are adding that element to the business and we were just about to do that before we ended up having to shut down. So when we come back, we're going to be able to come back with something new and, um, and hopefully it will get people excited to, to come back in. Fantastic. And I bet you guys are chomping at the bit to get this thing back open and, and back and running again. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's your lifeblood. You must live to like go out there and engage with customers and like touch things and engage with people. Like if you can't do that, like what, what's the business, right? It's really tough. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I used to think that I never had enough time at home and now, <laughs> right. um, I'm ha I'm really ex excited to be able to to get back soon. We hope. Just I was showing people your homepage and uh, and I think Coco, you're working on a new a new site. Is that right? This is the new site. This, oh. We just launched the new site and yeah. um, we are. A, if you scroll to the collections, you'll see mm -hmm. there's stuff coming. It, it gotcha. just you click on yeah. it. It'll just take you to. A, a, coming page but we're we're nice. close we're hoping to launch that um at, hopefully at the latest by by monday i don't quote me on that but we're we're very close fantastic fantastic well, it looks great it's really clean really attractive site um okay like so we've shown shop. what's that <laughs> i said it's like our shop yeah it's right exactly Light background with lots of color inside so perfect um Okay, great. So we've just shown everybody, you've got the Instagram, Pinterest, you've got your new site. I want to talk briefly about our sponsors. So our sponsor is Executive Launch. So Executive Launch is an all-in-one um, uh, turnkey solution for folks who want to start a company that have executive experience. So this is geared towards executives that are in companies that have built up the expertise and the relationships and the product knowledge, and they're you know making great money but realize that ultimately they're making money for uh, the owners. They're not making money for themselves and they uh, ultimately will always make a great living, but possibly not be able to realize their full potential, right? in what they do. So this is, this is the, uh, their homepage. Um, they deliver custom fixed price solutions to get startups off the ground. And it can vary anywhere from a solo uh, small group company, um, to a physical product or a virtual product, uh, e-commerce company software, all the way to retail-based geographic company like Coco and Dash, right? So, uh, in fact, um, um, 
both of you guys uh, were executives at some point to be able to start a company. So you can really relate with this. Imagine when you were in that job and, and you were, you know, kind of working massive hours and making great money, but wondering if you were ever going to be able to um, make a dent in the world the way you want to make a dent in the world and, and bring all of that full talent self-actualization forward. So that's what executive launch does. And, uh, um, and they've been a sponsor with us now for a few weeks and they have a whole five-step program to get someone from, uh, from, from the corporate world to the startup world. Okay. So, um, I want to get us headed back. All right. So where I want to start on this interview, um, really is kind of where I first met, uh, Coco. So, so Coco, <laughs> Courtney, uh, you and I met, uh, six or seven years ago at a conference and it was for the national association of professional organizers and i had a um what's it right which one which city do you oh i thought maybe you said the city but no no i think we were in california i can't remember yeah yeah doesn't matter but it was a i feel like it was 10 years ago it might have been 10 um yes but it was it probably was but you know i don't keep track of time very well um, the, I had a platform there that was all about organizing one's life on the computer from documents and calendar notes and, and so forth. Um, and you, you were actually uh, a professional organizer with a lot of, uh, clients and things that you were doing. So why don't you kind of describe that? Um, but, but then, um, then walk us back a little bit about what led you to that point, your career, and then what got you to where you are today? Uh, okay, very quickly, uh, I started, I, I actually worked as a, um, I was a chemical dependency counselor in an outpatient treatment facility that was, uh, all of our referrals were from the judicial system. Right. So uh, they were all criminals of some sort, uh, either multiple offenses or whatnot. Um, I actually started with them for an internship before I even graduated from college and then they hired me to stay on after I graduated and um, I worked there for a bit and um, and then I met my husband not through the judicial system. Um, <laughs> he was not a client um, and uh, you know and then life started to happen and then you know children and that and um i did stay home for quite a while but i was very uh antsy and um i spent i needed a creative outlet i've always had a, a creative itch and uh so i started doing various things i won't go into detail but we i started doing different things um one of which the big one was I had a children's art studio that I was sort of a, a move around kind of a teacher and then um, would set up in different places. And then um, I eventually opened a brick and mortar. Unfortunately, I opened it right before the crash in the nineties and um, it just, you know, yeah. extra art lessons for your children are not a priority right. to spend money on. Yeah. So uh, I ended up closing that down, but it was a very interesting experience uh, for sure. I learned a lot 
And then uh, I started doing professional organizing because so many people had come into the studio mm-hmm. saying, who did all this? I'm like, I did, you know, not that hard. And, um, and so I, people started hiring me and I thought, I can do this. And I, and I did, I made a business out of it. And that's how we met at a conference. And yeah. then um, life happens again. And I ended up uh, getting a divorce and needed to, to, I had the opportunity to make a change. And I decided one day while driving with mom on a mother-daughter trip, we were going um, somewhere together in the car and she wasn't really paying attention. And I said, we should open a store. And uh, she read a magazine, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and then like a year later, we're moving into a building and I mean, it, it and it just, it wow. just took off and, and we immediately started talking about it. We immediately started planning and I mean, that's just kind of how we roll. And, um, so here we are today. <laughs> Let me guess, was it like a design, like a Southern living magazine? It I'm was. Just to... She was looking at one of the shelter magazines and I uh, think we were on our way to Marburger. Yeah, we were. we were. I think we were we going just, to the big uh, Marburger show. Yeah, that, uh, and it was something that we used to do uh, twice a year together, and um, it, which is just a, it was just a fun, you know, shopping excursion is what it is. But for furniture, antiques, and stuff like that, um, and a lot of time we never bought anything. We just went to visit with friends, and and mm-hmm. we developed relationships over you know, the years that we've been doing it. And, right. Um, and so that's how it started just uh, a conversation riding down the road. That's really pretty cool, actually, from a mother daughter perspective. Um, the trust right. and the background being there. That We're you crazy. Just, one. Yeah, right. <laughs> what was that? I said, or crazy. Or crazy. Cool, yeah. Or crazy. Wouldn't recommend it to most people, but, but, but to a mother daughter. <laughs> Uh, that when, or a good close friend, uh, things can be that uh, you can take those kind of leaps when you have trust in history and relationship with people. I think I think that's a neat component to that. I wouldn't mm-hmm. risk, recommend doing that with a stranger or someone you barely know. <laughs> 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 right. So so thank you, uh, Koga. That actually some of those n- n- nuggets in there I didn't know fully. Um, so uh, Teddy, uh, if if you could, so. Um, you you had opened a store at one point as well. I read at some point in your career. So maybe if you don't mind, walk us through your career and your 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 career a little bit, and even that point where you had a store, which which is kind of interesting. Sure. So my background, my degree is in political science and economics, and my background, my professional background, I started working in politics and government, and I worked. I was the campaign chairman or the finance chairman, generally one of those two positions in a number of campaigns for congressional campaigns, senatorial campaigns from Texas. And I was the first woman to chair a mayoral campaign when I was, I think I was like 34 or something Mm -hmm. in Dallas and he won. So I always loved politics. I still do. I love uh, all of the kind of the crisis that surrounds it. But so I did that. 
<laughs> I've always loved anything to do with home decor. And I think that really comes from the way that I grew up. And um, I don't know if you want to go into that. Yeah, I do want to get into I that. Yeah, yeah, you're and, growing, and, the way you grew up is a big part of this story, I think. Right. I, I grew up as an Air Force brat. We traveled a lot. We lived in Europe for extended periods two times and in Germany. So I traveled a lot to Italy and France and uh, Austria. A lot, I spent a lot of wonderful years there. And I was very impacted by especially the architecture there. And I, mm -hmm. you know, that has always stayed with me. But fast forward back to uh, when I uh, first started my career at the same time because I did have that love of home I was always very focused on my home I loved doing things and at the same time that I was serving as the senior advisor to the mayor of Dallas I decided to open a home I didn't open I bought a store that had been in Dallas for 35 years I think at the time I bought it and it was very high-end, uh, fine jewelry store, but they also at that time sold uh, high-end antiques and uh, silver. We were the largest privately held silver and jewelry company in the state. So I did that at 35, and I bought that two, about 18 months before the big savings and loan crash in Texas. So, of course, the timing was horrible, horrible. And having done that, I was determined that, you know, we were going to hang on to the, the business. Courtney was just a kid. I mean, I think, I don't know, nine, ten And I've seen old, the so. picture. I've seen the picture. She was a cute kid, too. I've seen the picture. She was a dark, beautiful <laughs> yeah. child, beautiful child. And just as mouthy as she is now. But she was, she was always a, a little firecracker. So anyway, I, I held on to that store. And finally, in 1990, I just said, this makes no sense. Every, every high-end store, what we call carriage trade stores in Dallas, every one of them closed. I sold the assets to my company, closed it. It was not fun, but I was determined, as I always am, you just move on to the next thing. So... At that point in time, I really sort of diverted back to my other career and because this was almost like a, it was kind of like wearing these two totally different hats, this very serious advisory hat that I wore in government and then this hat, the other hat of being a business owner and an entrepreneur that, and the two really had nothing to do with each other. It's just that they fed opposite sides of my personality. I'm yeah. very right brain and left brain. So I have a lot of creativity that needs to be fueled, but I also have a big urge to fulfill uh, a love of business and uh, an interest in human, human nature, which you see very well in government. So I decided to get back on, onto the other track and that was not difficult. I immediately started uh, uh, working with clients that came back to me um, and I sort of diverted away from politics and focused mostly on business because I would have 
CEOs contact me and say, can you help us figure this out? Because I had by that time sort of developed a reputation of being, uh, a, I was able to ferret through things and correct mistakes. It's what right. commonly is sort of referred to as a fixer. And I've never liked that term, but because I'm a super, I'm super, uh, sensitive, but I'm also very highly vigilant. And so I can pick up things and, and I, that became, I was being paid because I could do that. So I went on fast forward again through a lot of great client experiences. I worked in the Middle East for a long time, helping American companies enter uh, that market. I worked in South America. It, there was a, a lot of uh, interesting work being done, but at the same time, I really always had that love of retail. And then Courtney and I would take these trips, and I had just left a uh, finished with a, a client that uh, was starting to be more trouble than it was worth. And I thought, I I don't want to read up here. And the truth was, they didn't like what I was telling them, and I don't think they wanted to re-up. So it was one of those where everybody took their ball and went home. And so I was sitting around my swimming pool, and that lasted for, um, golly, a week. Five minutes. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. And people, you know, other women, I live in a high-rise, and other women would be out there, and, and I kept thinking, I I can't do this. And I would, you know, think I'm just going to have to hold my head under the water. I can't, I've got to find something to do. So Courtney and I did about that time. I think Courtney is when your divorce happened. And so we did start taking these mother daughter trips and cause Courtney's my only daughter and, and uh, we were spending more time together. And then that conversation, that was actually the way that conversation unfolded. And, but I do want to say that, uh, part of my expertise w in working with businesses was developing business plans. And, and so we knew instantly, we talked about the fact, okay, we've got to have a business plan. This isn't yeah. something that we're just going to go yeah. lease a space and buy a bunch of pretty things. We've got to know where we're going to go and who we want to be. What do we want to bring to the market that's different than exists at this time? Right. So that's important. You knew how to do that uh, market research positioning and, and knowing that um, we wanted to, uh, to your point, not just, not just serve your interests, but make sure you were, you were had real customers out there that would, that would uh, want to support your business. Right. And, and right, because when you are just doing something to appease your own yeah. need without the supporting yeah. players, it isn't going to succeed. That's right. Even though in your mind you think it will by all means, yeah. of course, but you find out the hard way that, that right. not so much. <laughs> yeah. Just because, yeah, you can say, Oh my gosh, this is a wonderful idea mm -hmm. and we're wonderful. We're funny. People will love us. That is not going to pay your bills. That's right. And that's a, Hey, that's a great segue into you guys starting the business. Right. So, and I, and I think I read that you spent, okay. So, you spent a while buying the products, but before that you had to put the thesis and the, the plan and the, um, the whole brand uh, uh, concept together before you knew what to go buy, right? Is that about how it went? Well, I, 
Courtney, do you want to you want to yeah. speak to that? Yeah. Well, I I think that we did spend a, a year planning and and buying before we ever opened the doors, and we had stuff kind of stored all over, and um, we we actually rented a, a space from a mall that was uh, going it was getting ready to close and so they had all these empty spaces and I knew somebody that knew somebody and they said you can store everything in here so you know we would go to the mall and <laughs> raise up our big gate and put all our stuff in there and we literally it was very did, glamorous <laughs> That's great. it was very glamorous yeah so we kept everything uh in storage uh, for almost I think mom don't you think a full year and then and then we we thought long and hard and looked long and hard for a space and we wanted to make sure was it the right uh neighborhood was it the right you what did we want uh and and i think at the time i think yes we 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 made the right decision uh we love our our space but um i think you know we are going to be moving soon and uh which we're, you know, we're looking forward to, to being able to grow and do yeah. some other uh, additional things. Right. So you, you guys were stacking stuff in this, you guys were stacking stuff in this uh, warehouse, uh, in this warehouse spacing, right? And, uh, mm-hmm. and you were looking for a space during that time, right? Um, and to answer, but to answer your question, the part of the question about how did we know what to buy, we knew... Um, originally from from the get-go that what we wanted to do was stay true to our own aesthetic that we have in our homes and that we are familiar with and that we're that we know about we didn't want to be something that we weren't we weren't going to appeal just because everybody else was doing a certain look we were going to do that because that was popular well and that was what sorry go ahead ahead. well what i was going to say is that we also knew there was a void in the market in Dallas. And Mm -hmm. as far as we were concerned, and that's why we were starting to cast our net in a broader way to find things for our own homes. And Courtney was, was, uh, you know, starting a new home for herself. And so, I mean, we had a, we had a focus of what we needed to find for our own gratification, but that's what we based the, market need on because nothing special about us if we like it and are looking for it probably there are a lot of other people out there looking for that same thing got it coco you were going to add something no that's just what i was going to say is that the whole reason we started the 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 thought process was because i was trying to find something i i mean i was starting from scratch yeah and kept thinking i don't want a pottery barn not that there's anything wrong with not that there's anything wrong with (laughs) but like it's just that's not my thing and i I wanted something different and i couldn't find it i knew it was there but it just wasn't there in dallas yeah you guys might cringe when i tell you this ashley and i we we got married we were obsessed with the bombay uh the bombay furniture oh gosh yes i remember it 
I remember we that. that we bought our first home, our starter, our furniture. We just went crazy on that stuff. Well, and, everybody loved it. Yeah. Everybody loved Bombay. Yeah, it was it was pretty you wild. You know that company's a Fort Worth company. Really? It was a, yeah, it was a Fort Worth oh, company. Wow, we were obsessed, and it was one of those things that you get so burned out on that you never want to see Bombay. <laughs> <stuff again. laughs> never want to see it again. Um, all right, so this is cool. So I like how this worked out. Um, a lot of good things going on here. Um, you, you were trying to source something for yourself, which we call it in the business sometimes, scratch your own itch. You were trying to scratch your own itch. Um, mm -hmm. The problem in the market was it wasn't there. Uh, you knew that you weren't that weird to the point where you knew there were probably a lot of other people that liked the kind of things you liked. Um, and then you had this really great business partner opportunity with someone you knew and trusted and and your and your um, mom had a, has a lot of business experience. Obviously, would have more experience than you at that time. And um, so, what a what a great combination. So you uh, okay? So you opened the store without getting into unless there's a really great story in there. Um, you you open the store and you start working together. At, now the theme of this show, and I don't think I covered the topic too well in the beginning, was um, when your business partner is your a family member or close friend, right? And so where we're going with this conversation for sure is just the, and we're gonna help a lot of people out there with, with this conversation is why we're doing it, right? Which is the challenges that come up with that. So when did it first, okay, we've got the normal mother-daughter stuff that would have been before, after, and during. We're gonna just kind of exclude that for a second. When did, when did like the first new stuff pop up was it in the warehousing step or was it in the after the doors mm -hmm. open step? When did it like, you know, was it maybe when the stakes got higher? And um, at what point did you kind of go, wait a minute, um, I am not sure that uh, there's something, there's something um, uh, kind of, um, there's something uh, that's kind of a miss in the relationship. When did it begin? Well, I think it was probably when we were trying to do everything ourselves, yeah. because at the beginning of the business, there were only the two of us yeah. and neither of us, although I understand and Courtney understands the principles of bookkeeping and, uh, you know, the whole spreadsheet yeah. debacle, yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> what we're doing. We don't like it. We're not so spreadsheet I, people. I can do it, them, but. We call them spreadsheet jockeys in, in the business too. So. Yeah, it's not, it is not our thing. So we would both try and kind of avoid that. And then we knew that somebody had to focus on it. And we kept, don't you think Courtney kind of trying to kick it back and forth to each other? And yeah, yeah, we there, really were, there was pass, no pass there was no financial crisis that led to a point where we said, wait a minute, this is, we've got to take care of something. But I do think that the bookkeeping issues were the things that started right. uh, kind of getting irritated with Irritating, yes. Yeah. So Courtney, what's a good story that comes to mind when, when I say spreadsheets? <laughs> and this part of the story, is there anything that you remember how you well, would characterize it? I know I, what I remember most is tax season mm -hmm. and every year when it came time to do taxes, which is a stressful time for anyone who owns a business. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's a, it's an, it's not a bad stress. It's just that it's a tedious 
yeah stress yeah and yeah. uh and i it fell on me every year mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i did not enjoy it i was resentful that i had to do it um now i knew that somebody had to buckle down and do it and so yeah i did it um yeah. but not my favorite thing and i yeah. know that things you know w when there's that kind of tension and resentment there yeah. are there's there stuff comes out sideways yeah for sure yeah and um and i think that that was probably the the first of uh, uh, first bit of that's the first thing i remember is really causing right so did attention. you did you feel like um that you, you know we certain jobs were being kind of um you know avoided or, or kind of shuffled off to the other or things that they didn't want to do like like what what's um kind of the next kind of situation that you would imagine where i'm not happy where maybe i'm not happy or maybe i've got a i've, I've no, got a real yeah what was that so i said so i know what you mean i think yeah. i i think our issue and mom correct me if i'm wrong um but i feel like our issue was that we were both trying to do everything together mm. and it just you know i have good things that i'm good at mom has things that she's good at yeah uh, but we were doing we, we felt we had this mentality that we both had to be involved in every single aspect of the business at the same time right. and it's interesting looking back at that because I know professionally, you cannot do that. Yeah. And we were becoming burnt out. Now I do think there was another issue and that was that we were there so much and we were so tired and then there were new relationships that were coming into play mm -hmm. that, I, you know, I know I felt like that okay we're not paying enough attention to what's here and so there were those small things it was never a no. big thing if there were small things and they compounded right and then we did hire uh heather at that point and heather still works for us and she's now the store manager but so we had some really because there were Oh my gosh, I, what, Courtney, for two years, we didn't take a day off. It, oh. it, yeah, we not open on Sundays, but we didn't yeah. take a day off. So, yeah. uh, but I think in, in, really, in really starting to, and, and being honest, I think for me, it was when I felt like there was a third party. My husband, Courtney's dad, is one of these guys who, he's an attorney and mm -hmm. he's a worker he is a worker but it doesn't matter what we want to try he is supportive and so he has always been very supportive and he never ever has weighed in on anything i do professionally or uh well i guess professionally without unless i ask his for him to weigh in right. and so I'm not used to someone offering, tossing out, have you thought of this? And that was starting to happen. Courtney's smiling. I think <laughs> he knows what I'm, what I'm yeah. 
and and so I was starting to have a resentment that this this outside voice I was starting to hear this third outside voice from someone who uh, Courtney was had a relationship with and I didn't want that voice in this business because I, it, there wasn't a place for it right right so I think I was starting to get resentful and at that time I think Courtney was starting to get resentful because there was so much going on at the store and and she was trying to she was trying to have a life and it was yeah. we were at that point in yeah go figure <laughs> and and we were at that point in a new business where you can't have a life yeah it's it I mean you know people it's so easy to say you can do it all you can't do it all yeah and when you're when you're starting a business it's like birthing a baby and you have got to that's got to be your focus and you've got to it's like all that matters you're all it's like all it's, it's kind of all that all that matters right because survival is on the line whether you realize it or not right like just uh you you may or may not be there in three months if you can't pull if you can't have the the sales you need to have in the next two months or three months right right so like when you say that's like a big reason why you said you never took a day off and you were working around your full focus and you could it's because of like the survival mode. So did, did you guys um, feel that? I, I think so. But in fairness to Courtney also, and I know you're aware of this, we have different work habits. Mm -hmm. We both have very strong work ethic. Courtney, yeah. Courtney has wonderful work ethic, but our habits are different. And at that point, this is going back. We started like that, that 2013 is when we started talking about and, and working on this business. So it goes back away and, and I just assumed because I had never worked with Courtney mm -hmm. that she had the same work habits as I did. Right. And I am a she is my mother and that is because I'm her mother. And, and why would she not? And how could she have not absorbed all of mm -hmm. my perfect traits, which of course are not so perfect but people who worked for me, who I wasn't related to, who were on my staff or something, were never going to say, mm -hmm. oh my God, you're killing us. Because I'm, I am, I don't know if I'm a perfectionist, but I'm, I do believe in excellence. Yeah. And if you can't do it in an excellent fashion, don't do it. Right. And yep. I'm certainly not going to be involved in it because right. I can't do anything half-assed. That's right. And which was a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pressure. On a daughter. It was a tremendous and, amount. And, right. And and I don't and that is not how I that's not how I roll. Um right. I I get stuff done, but um, you know, I just I do it in a different way and right. I do it in a way that works for me. Yeah. And um and when we started to to butt heads about about who was doing what and you know and, and there was always some confusion well I thought you were going to answer that email well no I thought you were going to answer that email and I, yeah. did you call them no I thought I, I was going to call them did you, you know it's just this yeah and they it came to a head very quickly it, yeah it, yeah it really yeah. did because I will say this we are a family um albeit a very small little family but we we don't like to leave things unsaid we yeah. we we want to get to the and, and i'm sure that has has a lot to do there's a number of reasons but um but also one being 
in counseling. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, we're all, we all just, we want to talk about it and we want to fix it and we want to move on. Right. And, um, and it had gotten to a point where mom and I could not, it was really uncomfortable just to be in the shop with her at the same time alone. Yeah. I mean, just don't, I just, I didn't want to go. Right. Um, I wanted to avoid having any kind of conflict. Because um, Courtney does not conflict. I am not a conflict girl. <laughs> I do not like conflict. Mom thrives in it. She well, can, that was my because, area of expertise. That's because that's expertise. exactly. You. So, you know, and so she would say things like, I just don't understand how you're a procrastinator. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. And she's and her and her response to me one time was, but you're my daughter. <laughs> right. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? You know, like, which, which, which means sorry. like, I can't, I, I, I feel like I know so many kids that become the almost the opposite of their parents. And I think some of that's by choice, almost design. And then like, uh, and I, w so I'm not surprised at all. I see it in my own life over and over again, that children often become the opposite of their parents, you know? Um, and that's kind of a neat thing about nature, isn't it? In a way, like nature has a way of kind of keeping the world in balance. It's interesting. Yeah. And for sure, we have a lot of similarities. I mean, Heather and Trey who work for us, yeah. uh, we could be, the four of us could be standing in the shop and mom and I can have a complete conversation with very little actual verbiage True. between the yeah. two of us and certainly not complete sentences and <laughs> omitting all kinds of facts and we know exactly what we're talking about and then yeah. heather and trey can be like what just <laughs> happened what what did you and we're right. we or they'll think we're arguing and we're not arguing now they don't but that's the other thing they they think yeah. we're arguing all the time and we're really not it's so, just that's how we talk so so courtney it, I, I appreciate you sharing that part about not wanting to go into the office and that you were just kind of almost done like that. I think that's the really interesting part of the story is that you guys kind of hit rock bottom. And frankly, that's where most people uh, that and that's really important to put a point on that because that's normally where it fails and falls down and falls apart. Like mm -hmm. that's where it always falls down right there, right there between close friends or close family right there. So something different was about you two and um, that you hit this kind of place where you barely could be in the room together. You could barely talk. You just didn't like each other at that time. And oh my God. So, so what, what turned that around? Who and what and when, what, what comes to mind? Well, I think for starters, when you, when you think about the, the fact that it, there's that family dynamic if it were if it were a friend, close friend, acquaintance, you could walk away and it would hurt, but you can't I can't walk away from the family aspect. Like she's always gonna be my mother. And um <laughs> she claimed. Or am I as Spencer would say. <laughs> but do you do you know what I'm saying? Like she it was I knew that that there had to be there was either going to be a resolution or family holidays were going to really suck. Mm. I mean, that's, you know, and, and, and I didn't want that. I wanted, yeah. I knew there was a solution and I knew that there, I think we both knew we, I can, I think I can speak for both of us. We both knew that there was, there's a solution. We just needed to figure that out and we needed to really talk about it and, um, and so, you know, we had so did some you. other so, things going on and we ended up seeking 
uh, counseling for ourselves. Okay. Well, before we get to that, though, I yeah. do want to say that for me, what happened was I knew this was going terribly wrong, and I was in the same boat Courtney was in that I thought, I don't want to be doing this, and I don't have to do it. And why do I want to be unhappy when, when I don't have to be? And then I would think, wait a minute, because I did, I, I don't know that, I don't think I said it, but, but my, my professional credentials are as an expert in crisis management, conflict resolution, reputation management, and negotiation skills. So those are all things that I can help anybody in the world pretty much resolve a conflict and, and the parties walk away feeling pretty good, but I couldn't do it with my own daughter. No. And I would lay awake at night thinking, why, I must be awful at this. Maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was and I can't make this happen. So I think almost at the same time, we said, we've got to do something. This, you're a, you're a counselor. I'm an expert in, in communications that have gone all to hell. Yeah. And, well, and we've got to do something. So we said, look, let's find a third party and go talk to them. Let's go talk to a counselor about well, this. I guess that's two things. One, um, it doesn't surprise me that someone who's an expert at something can't do it for themselves. Like that's very, I think it's very common, right? It's, it's so common. Like being good, fundamentally your skill that you just described counseling and conflict means it wasn't because of your knowledge. It was because you were really good at doing it for other people. Like that's very mm -hmm. different than for yourself. And cause when it's your own emotions, as we know, um, your own, you're, you're completely uh, upside down. Um, but, but I wanted to, the, Wanted to before we get to the to, to the couples counseling, <laughs> uh, I wanted to know like who's who who kind of uh, who kind of came hat in hand or sat down and suggested this or kind of broke the ice on this or do you remember? Dad, I, I think <laughs> I don't know. No, it wasn't Dad, but I no. I really do think that I thought we need to have a third person and we need to talk to somebody because what I, I was okay losing a business. I was not okay losing a daughter. Yeah. And exactly. that's what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was not something I was willing to do because paradoxically, Courtney and I, as when she was growing up, we never had a contentious relationship. I don't recall ever thinking, oh my God, I can't stand having a teenage daughter. We just didn't have that kind of, of conflict. Right. And, but I do think because Courtney is so, really does not like conflict of any kind. And I, I would get paid to charge full force into conflict because the truth is I like resolving that. I like knowing I'm going to come out on the other side of this with an answer and things are going to be better. So I think we both when I think it was just a, probably a conversation of, would you be opposed to talking to, if I found somebody to talk to? Yeah. And, so, and then I found our counselor. Yeah. And, and it was like couples counseling, but it's something I 
personally think mother, I love counseling anyway, but I think mothers and daughters can benefit in probably after us having gone through this for a lot of reasons. Absolutely. And, and by the way, too, you said you never had that conflict before. It doesn't surprise me either because until you put two people together in close proximity trying to accomplish a task, it's very different than a, anything that happens in my family. Like I, if you, my, my daughter and I have a wonderful, easygoing relationship, but put us on a, put us on a, in close quarters on a really important task that's like survival's at risk, like it wouldn't be the same. So I could totally imagine that, that context being a big factor in terms of- And it's uh, interesting because I, what's that TV show, The Great Race or- What's it called where you get? Yeah, the amazing race. The, the amazing, amazing race. Yeah. I always thought I'd love to do that. And my the person I thought I would want to do it with would be Courtney. Because I, I've always thought, oh my God, if I was in any kind of trouble, it would be Courtney and her yeah. dad. Courtney and her dad. And because the, the other thing that is so interesting is even though she doesn't like conflict, Courtney's not a retiring person. She is somebody who... Yeah. always does the right thing except you did say some things to me during heated moments that <laughs> were crushing but other than that she yeah. always does the right thing she's she's honest she's ethical and she has all these qualities that i admire in a a person on a personal level but also on a business level yeah it seems so, like to me too like um i think we lost you teddy for a second on camera yeah um, i just let me I, my battery let me let me hey you're back there you plug are this in. let me but, plug this but, in. but i'm also good you're doing good um we'll wait for you to kind of get caught up okay good looks like you're good are you plugged wait, in do you want to plug I, in yeah that's what i'm trying yeah, to do please do so. yeah we'll um we'll take care of that but uh, uh go ahead go ahead uh well first of all i was going to just say that uh it as much as i could see why you would want courtney on your team because uh, instead of kind of, it's kind of kind of spending a lot of time talking about it, analyzing, I get the feeling Courtney kind of just gets into doing it, right? I would imagine she's kind of a, uh, kind There's of never something that I can say, I have an idea. Now we, we both will say to each other, that is the stupidest thing you've ever come up with because there are a lot of them. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hold just on. It's because I'm plugged One in. of my biggest pet peeves is she never has her stuff charged. Charged, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay and we're back and we're back so so we're gonna just edit that out no no problem but i was talking about courtney being on your you wanted her on your team you always imagined she'd be a great member of your team because i just uh, I, I sense that she's like a get it you know roll her sleeves up and start kind of getting in working on the problem taking an act taking action kind of person which would have right been and i have i can say there are things we would do on trips i'd say hey why don't we do this neither of us ever says no we're not doing it yeah. We're always up for an adventure. We're up for a challenge. But that was, that's kind of when we're on an, uh, a footing where, I don't know, because we're not like one of us is the boss and one of us isn't. Yeah. Well, I want to come back to something. We're both bossy. I, I, before we move into the, into the therapy, one more last thing. I just, I just wanted everyone, to, the gravity, the audience to understand the, the seriousness of it. Because again, I think that's, this, that's the key moment here for everybody is that, um, just, uh, you know, how, how scary it was or how scary it got, you know, in a way, when you tell these stories again, you just, we kind of 
glossed through it, whatever, but it sounds like it was really scary. I mean, you were, you know, uh, Teddy, you were, you were at moments where you felt like you might lose your daughter. Right. And then, and then Courtney, you felt like moments you might lose your mom. So like, in other words, this thing, it happened. And I shared with you my story on uh, the other day, like, um, you know, I actually just walked away to, to get to, to protect the relationship with my father. I made the choice of walking away, which looking back and hearing your story, I wish I had done it. I wish I had done it different, but it was, um, I had to choose between my, my father and my boss because I worked for my, for my dad. And, um, so I know what that felt like to have that have that choice, but but back to your situation, uh, like it, it like were you did any one of you either one of you feel and I'm, I'm going to suspect Co Courtney you might have been this little a little bit more this way, but like literally on the last thread, like I'm either gonna okay. I'm either quit okay I'm either quit I I may quit to I may quit tomorrow I just that's how I will say this and I'm not proud of it. I even said to mom, I looked her right in the face and I said, well, why don't you just quit? She and, did say. And, and I thought, ooh. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, and it was about a week later we were in therapy. I mean, uh, so, I mean, it, it got, it did, it got ugly. It was mean. And, and I was never, I, I was not proud of, who I was at. I just but I was so confused and so I there was just there was all this emotion yeah and um wrapped up in it and yeah. um and so much to lose so much to lose not just losing I mean yeah losing your mother that's one thing but like I'm talking about losing this business but you yeah. can always get your mother, mother you can always get your I'll mother get another back. mother you can I'll always get your mother, mother back that you can always get your mom but you know that in the back of your mind you get her back but you can't get the business back easily yeah once that business closes, it's over. And so I just thought, you know, we've got to, we've got to fix this. And there and has I think to be that probably was the turning point, Courtney, is when you said that I knew, and God loves her dad and I get, my husband. I get warm sweat. I get warm right here just hearing that line. That was, why don't you, woo, that's a good one. I'm glad you shared that. It was, it was ugly. That. It was very, it I'm was, not proud of it. It was very ugly. But no, but that's and the real stuff. I'm so glad you shared that. That's the stuff that I want people to, when they watch this, to kind of go, whoa, of that, it was it's real. It's part of being an entrepreneur. Those are things that happen. The idea, you know, we, we and I think I shared this with you before, but the idea of, when people say to us, oh, I want to open a shop with my mom, or I'd love to work with my daughter. You know, Courtney and I are always like, yeah, I'm sure you would. <laughs> We're experts, and we, it was hard, it's hard for us. So, and we've, we've met and talked to a lot of mother-daughters, and it is a very common dynamic with everybody who works with family or has a partner that you know, they say, oh my God, you know, but we've been best friends for 10 years. And then, you know, the business changed everything. Well, that's, that's what happens when your lifeblood is shared with someone you're very close to. So I feel because like, business yes, I was gonna say, I feel like that things probably got better dramatically fast when you went to sit down with someone, a counselor, and you actually, oh my God, it was, it went so fast. I it bet. was very, very fast. And I think that once we, you know, one of the things that we never did initially, as we said, said here in the beginning, when we were talking is that, that we needed to be everything to the entire business. Like both of us had to be on the same level of, of every business, of every aspect of the business. 
Now, also keep in mind, this is not, a lot of people think this is mom's business and I'm just coming in to help because I'm the daughter. Well, that's not the case. It, the case, you know, the fact is, is we went into this thing 50-50. We are both fully responsible for the success or the failure of this company. And, um, and so, you know, it was never like, mom, you know, mom's in charge. I'll just let her handle that. You know, it was never, that was never the issue, but, but, but I always felt like one of the biggest mistakes that we made from the very beginning. Yes, we had a business plan. That was wonderful, but we had no, we had no roles established for the two of us. And part of that was from, from the business standpoint, part of that was we were so tiny originally and so small that it would it felt like we would have been playing business you know playing at it, it wasn't like we needed a, a flow yeah. chart to say this happened as right. we grew and expanded and 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 expanded the store to a double the size more than double the size uh and hired people then that did become necessary and that's when all the personal stuff though was in the way and and we couldn't get to that because we couldn't get past the personal stuff right right so i do think that our counselor was uh, amazing we were so fortunate that we found the perfect woman for us because courtney and i would sit on the couch with each other and she always said well i don't need to try and pull stuff out of y'all because we were, <laughs> we have always been able to talk because as Courtney said, that's what our family does. We don't let, we, we don't let things simmer for a long time. This was an unusual circumstance for sure. us. Yeah, absolutely. To not be able to talk about mm -hmm. something that was hard. And even though you had a really good, that was a really good counselor, it was a good fit for you. I would go on a limb to say that anybody that gets in that situation, whether they're too two partners, whether they're close friends, family, or just two partners that are just uh, trying to run a business that um, even the most average uh, counselor can probably turn that or turn them around because just the idea of going in and sitting on, if that counselor almost has to, doesn't have to say much technically, if it's, it can be done well, like getting them talking and saying the things that they really want to say uh, in a safe, in, in a safe place, in a safe uh, circle it's like 80%, isn't it? Roughly 80% of the problem, the challenge, right? So in other words, my message to people watching is, um, you know, get a, go get a, go get the closest. Just, it's student. just a family counselor, a family yeah. or and, and counselor. You will, and you, it will almost sure, assuredly turn things around quickly. Uh, something about a safe zone to be able to say and speak freely um, is just, uh, has a dramatic effect on a relationship. Right. And we, it was a safe place for us to discuss fears and being angry about yeah. things. And yet I think each of us, what she did say, it was important because we were never disrespectful of the other one, even in our counseling sessions. So, I mean, yeah. that was, yeah. I, I do think that was important. Well, and I think also it is important to say, to explain to people that, one of the biggest things that we accomplished in uh, in our therapy is that we needed to learn how the other person communicates 
and and really understand and we understood i after like two sessions i knew so much more about my mother and about the where she's coming from about yeah. certain things like it made more sense to me and so i yeah. understood when she was when she would say something or the way she would say something it made more sense to me and i then i, I started to not internalize everything yeah. and and you know you you get into that whole you get in your head and you think well it's all you know it's, it's about me and she's mad because it's something i did and you know yeah and and well, let's be honest, a lot of times that's probably the case, but like, but you know, there are, there are other times when, you know what, she's having a bad day and she's going to say something that yeah. it, it, she doesn't mean to say. Yeah. And, and then your choices are, you know, instead of like the normal choices of shutting down and pouting or lashing out and reacting, mm -hmm. which would be the old playbook, right? Uh, yeah. For most of us, right? You kind of go, wait a minute. Okay. Um, I remember we talked about this in our, in our counseling. I remember that that's just mom's way and she doesn't mean it necessarily the way she says what she really is. And all of a sudden you have a different lens of which you're listening to someone say something to you. Absolutely. And, and I just think we, we learned how, you know, just like we have different work styles. Yeah. Um, and it's important to distinguish between a work style and a work ethic. I that's think. right. But, but just like, just in the same way we have different work styles, we have very different communication styles. Yeah. And, um, so and we, saved, that was something that we worked out and, and, and now we can communicate. Now that doesn't mean she doesn't tell me that's the dumbest thing you've ever done. Right, yeah, yeah. That, you know, what, cause we still what, do that too. Well, now other. you can get, you can get on with normal disagreements and normal, you know, <laughs> conflicts and normal stuff where you have. We don't have a ton, I have a ton of. But right. Really yeah. Right. I mean, we can disagree on stuff all day yeah. long. Yeah. But it doesn't. You know. You, you can even but get mad. Like you can even get mad at each other right now and and be all you know uh, you know kind of emotional and loud about. But you but you know where you but but then it's kind of even safe then because you you kind of know there's that uh, trust bond that you worked out in the sessions. So now. It's almost like I can blow off steam without, you know, without thinking that you think I'm trying to, you know, go nuclear. Like I'm just blowing mm -hmm. off. That's wonderful. And this is like well, how marriage. Mm -hmm. I think also it's important for people to know that learning how to communicate. Like I'm not a yell. I don't yell. I don't scream. I I'm not. I don't cuss at people. <laughs> the there are. The, I'm not pointing any fingers. The <laughs> but. But I am direct, and what I I just say I just say what it is. Here's what we need to do. Blah blah blah. And and people take that differently. Uh, if you're in a partnership with someone, yeah. yeah, it can be perceived differently, and especially if you're close to that person on a personal basis. Right. I think that makes a big difference. Yeah. But. Um, you know, I never had to parse my words professionally. And I found myself feeling that I needed to do that more and how is this going to be received? And then it goes into that whole thing of the tapes that are playing in your head about here's what they really meant. And I know you've heard us say this before, but you know, Courtney, when I would say, 
what if we try and do it this way? She heard your idea is stupid. You'll never do this and you're not going to be successful. And then she would say, reference something to me. And it was usually about something physical or like, mom, make sure you get some help moving that. And I would hear, you're too old to be in this business and you need to be in a nursing home. And then I would think, you know, well, I'm going to show her I can lift this whole armoire yeah. up by myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, so, but those are all tapes that we have. Like I'm thinking, yeah. should I be doing, still doing new ventures at this point in my life? Because it never crosses my mind not to. Yeah. But that's yeah. what I was hearing. Right, right. So we, we just, we, the tape's in our head, but you know, we, we, uh, we take what is being said and we put it into our own interpretive filter and it plays against our own insecurities and our own, uh, uh, and what we, the, the intentions that we think that that person has and the insecurities that we know that we have, and then just becomes really a problem. So that's where that there, so, so counseling, uh, saves marriages at say, and it's, and now it, it can save businesses, uh, and it can save a mother and daughter relationship. Um, so this is a great story. So I think the, the clear big takeaway on this, and I want you guys to summarize this for me, but the obvious one right now, um, is to, uh, consider, um, a certain amount of, uh, I don't even know what the right word is. Counseling and therapy sounds like you're fixing a problem. I would almost like to say there's, there's some preventative, um, uh, what is the right word we should fish for here when someone just gets in a room and talks about small, gets way ahead of this, way before it gets bad. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you guys are doing, you guys still go, even though you're, you're obviously been good, you're good now and you've been good for many years. Uh, you put that behind you in terms of how scary and dangerous that was. You guys still go and check in right? Maybe that's a good word for it. You know, check, I want to, I like that word check-in sometimes, like partners sitting down and doing a check-in with a, with a, with a counselor. That might be a good kind of uh, well, and we safe even, word. It, it is absolutely. We even have, who, what, wasn't it, was it Heather or Trey? Remember like a month ago? <laughs> it ago, was Trey. We arguing about something and Trey said, uh, when do you have your next counseling session? <laughs> session and you know because we're not I mean we're obviously very open about it and uh they've they've even said can't we all go together and have all four of us in there and, and we get along beautifully everybody at our store does but uh it, it's it, it is something that's I think beneficial to check in but Courtney and I now don't let things get we don't let it reel out that far yeah yeah I think that's the you know, key. We, is, mm -hmm. we we make sure that that we're staying in the moment with it, and that well, I think my favorite quote that we came away with from our counselor was, "Clear is kind, and kind is clear." And I thought that is so perfect because it's a few words that describe you've got to be clear in order to keep things in that realm of, of being kind with each other and loving. Yeah. I think that's, that's powerful. I, uh, I, I'm going to make sure that we get that in the show notes. I'm, and when people can see a summary of what we talked about, that's, that's a powerful statement. Kind is clear and clear is kind. Um, so this is great. And we kind of know from this point, you know, everything inflected upwards and you guys, uh, went on to, to flourish as a team and as a company, as a store. And, and so what, 
I want to wrap this up around the question of what advice, um, maybe we'll start with you. Um, well, we'll start with whoever wants to go first. Um, kind of business philosophy advice that you'd like to give um, somebody who is, who is an aspiring entrepreneur, someone who's thinking about being uh, an entrepreneur in the near future. Um, and let's just keep it, let's keep it refined to possibly going into business with a close friend or a family member, which is a lot of people, by the way, that would say just off the top of my head, I feel like half of businesses um, kind of get started that way. You want to start with somebody that you already know, like, and trust, and you want to, it just feels right for all the right reasons. Um, aside from some of the things that we've already touched on, um, what are some other things that come to mind that you would, uh, you would say to that person about it? Tough call. <laughs> Mom, you start. Yeah. Well, I think that, that again, you've got to look, if you're going into business with a close personal friend or a family member, you've got to first address what are the hurdles. Yeah. You know, it's that whole, you know, from a totally business standpoint, doing a SWOT analysis on, mm -hmm. on the, all of the, the, you know, the strengths, weaknesses, obstacles, and threats, you, that, that's an important uh, uh, process to go through because you, you've got, we knew, and we did have a conversation before we ever did this where I, I said to Courtney, this retail is a hard business. Yeah. This is not easy. And it sounds like fun, but it's more work than, than fun. So you've yeah. really got to have that passion. So I would say that you've got to find your passion, but you've got to be willing to work for that passion. And you've got to be passionate about the work that you do to get to that passion. So, I mean, you've, yeah. it's, it's like this circle yeah. that, you know, you, you've got to want to do the work to reach yeah. your success. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Courtney, what would you, what would you say to someone who wants to consider going into business with a close friend or family member? I think it is imperative that mo most people know how to do the beginning part and they know how to get it started. That's where yeah. entrepreneurs are usually pretty, pretty good. It's about um, keeping it going. Yeah. That, that's the, the problem in my, and that's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, what mom and I do is we have, we have a, a big kind of lock in, uh, in January every year, right after the holidays. And we pretty much hunker down for two or three days and we go over every single aspect of the business what's working, what's not working, um, you know, goals. what are, what are the goals for the coming year? What are the goals for, you know, looking ahead? Um, where do we, where do we see ourselves? You know, that to me, and, and to do that on a consistent basis, I, I feel like some people just kind of coast along and, and, yeah. uh, Oh, it's, you know, it's going so, you know, so far yeah. so good. And like, yeah. let's not, mess this yeah. up and yeah. so that to me is super important that we we plan and we stay um on task um that's not to say you can't come up with ideas and things that are going to throw you a curveball or you know yeah. 
you never know. But, but, um, because mom, one of my biggest fears that comes out of my mother's mouth is I have an idea. <laughs> I'm like, no. I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, I'm not, I'm still working on like three ideas ago. Can I finish that one first before we, you know, so, um, so, but, yeah. but I think you get what I'm saying. Hey, I want to ask your mom, what's the, what's the thing that, that she, uh, that scares her the most that comes out of uh, Courtney's mouth? <laughs> Come on. You, you. Oh, gosh. Um, what, what's the thing that makes you kind of go, uh-oh? Did she just, she just said that? <laughs> the, I don't really know if I have anything. <laughs> I'll get, I'm going to take a couple stabs. I'm going to take a couple stabs. Remember, you talked about procrastination. Uh, you asked her about, uh, I, um, I, I'm getting to that. <laughs> or, so. That kind of thing. Well, I was, I was going to say, she usually has, she has code words that she uses. Now so we're I, talking. I'm not so sure. So I've talked to someone else. I'm not so sure that's the best thing. And but I have to be careful about tapes playing where I where I do translate it into saying thinking. Does that mean she doesn't want to do it? Yeah. And so I really kind of take her at her word. word. And she has gotten. I mean, she hasn't really done a ton of procrastinating since we went through all of that because I have been working very hard on my procrastination. Really when she <laughs> says she's going to do something, she does it. That's awesome. And, and so I, I mean, I just, I might, I might be coming in hot while I'm doing it, but like <laughs> I will get that done. Right. <laughs> Cause you know what? It sounds like you guys don't want to, sounds like you guys don't want to let each other down now that you've been through this thing together. Um, well, you don't ever want, first of all, you don't ever want to let your mother down. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and that to me just also translate, I wouldn't want to let a partner down. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't ever want to do that. But I would um, feel like when you've gone through what you went through with that, that turnaround and that, that really dark uh, place that you guys were in, that you almost, you almost lost everything. And then you did this kind of renewal. Um, I would feel like that there would be this extra powerful uh, feeling of not wanting to let the other person down because it was almost like this, um, recommitment that happened there almost like this renewal almost of the vows so to speak like where well, it was and it was a, it was it was energizing and i don't i don't look at it that we were going to lose something we were going to throw something away mm. we was it, it wasn't it wasn't going to go away for any reason other than we weren't doing what we could to keep it in the game we, right. we, it would have been our own fault if it yeah. had right. slipped away. It, wasn't it, it, it would have been years it wasted. Money, yeah. It, Just because you couldn't, you couldn't, wasted. because you couldn't get your act together, which was you. That was a per, those were personal problems yeah. that were between you and being successful with the business. Um, we didn't even know to expect because we had never experienced them yeah. before. Well, I think and, the coolest. I'm sorry, but the coolest part is just that you powered through this. I mean, I, I work with founders and startups, you know, uh, basically for a living and working with more than a hundred for sure. Um, and uh, all the time. And the difference really between success and failure is always pretty simple. It's uh, how bad do you want it and how persistent and determined can you be about it? And those kind of, those two things kind of go together and that's ultimately what kind of pulled you through here? You found the answer is it, yes, it's great that we know what the answer was, but what's really great is that uh, you fought hard and long enough without giving up to, to have the answer be revealed and have the solution be revealed. And, uh, and it was the difference between, you know, you, you know, 
um, you know, falling down or, or bowing out and, and, and pushing through. And then now there's this huge uh, um, virtuous upcurve that happens when you, when you can push through something really hard. You know, they say it's darkest just before the dawn. There's all kinds of great analogies around life. Um, one of my favorite charts, I wish I had the infographic available right now, but it, it's one of my favorite infographics to show startups where all these up and down valleys. And then usually when you uh, are at your lowest point, things all feels lost. And it's like you've been you've years of up and down and you feel like it's, you're, you're done for the biggest setback ever. Uh, if you go back and you interview folks, it's usually right there is when the real, the, the, the turnaround that they've been waiting for was on the verge. That's usually when it actually comes, right? Well, and, um, and I agree with that 100%. We, we have both said, mm-hmm. we, we, have, we were both, I think, at a point, or the, the business was at a point where there were good things happening in the business, despite all the chaos behind the scenes there were still good things that were happening. And, and it was like, we were kind of on this, um, we're on the cusp of something really good and, yeah. and big and um, that could mean good things for Coco and Dash as a brand. And yeah. um, and that's the, not the tangent. No. Yeah, and, and the fear of, of all those years of work, hard work, and just to let it, let, let uh, yeah. you know, personalities screw all that up it's just yeah. you don't you don't want to you it wasn't I don't want to do that she didn't want to do that and so amazing um, it's so amazing like I said so. share with you guys before I just so wish I could go back in time and apply some of these to my father and I so uh, it's really you really, can always <laughs> write him a letter <laughs> but my father yeah my father is has passed away and no uh, but we, I'm saying even yeah though you he's still write him a letter yeah you could okay very, very good point good very very good very good point. It's a um, very good exercise, and you can take it to where he is. Wow. And it I, is a very good exercise. I appreciate that. You guys don't make me cry on my own show, okay? So. <laughs> no, don't. No. We make everyone cry, apparently. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> no, it's been great. So this is great. Um, I can't wait to edit this and get it posted. Um, so where can, uh, unless there's anything else you want to add, I, would, I guess my closing question would be, where, what's the best way for people to reach you? Um, you just hit your Instagram, Facebook, or is there an email address or anything like that you'd like to put out there? On our website, there's an email address and, um, uh, that's probably, I guess, don't you think Courtney Instagram or Facebook? Yeah, it's on Instagram because it's just, it's just us. I mean, it's not like anybody else does that for us. Actually, mom does all the Instagram. I don't touch it. So, um, you know. 99% 99% of the time, it's going to be mom that's responding and um, okay. uh, all the emails come to me and um, through the website, yeah, through the website. And so either one info at Coco and no, excuse me, not info. Hello, hello. at Coco and dash.com. Co- hello at Coco and dash.com. Uh, finally, the question would be if there's anybody out there who feels especially um, connected to your story um could they yes. be so bold as to you know drop you a note and, and tell you that and and maybe uh you know connect with them on on an entrepreneurial level typically it might be a daughter and a mother or something or maybe not but are you always open as long as you are obviously you have a job to do and you can't you can't answer <laughs> all of those but but you uh, sound like uh people that you sound like folks that would be you'd be willing to help somebody if you could 
Absolutely. We, we get emails, um, you know, and we, we've done other speaking engagements um, on the topic and um, we're always happy to, to answer questions and talk to people. Sometimes they just need to talk. Yeah, so, that's pretty cool. Um, that's really good. Yeah, you guys yeah. can. Uh, you, get... you know what? I, and I think too, the bottom line is you you can't it, you can't be a quitter. Mm -hmm. You know, quitting's not the answer. Right. That's right. You know, there's a time to know when to stop, but that's different from quitting. That's so, right. well, and yeah. and you know what? Here's something that Mom told me when I was uh, when I when I closed down Pee Wee Cross. She probably doesn't remember this, but I still to this day I have it. I wrote it down because I was like, I need to remember this. And I wrote it down. I was at her house and I have a little piece of paper from a scratch pad that it says Ted on it because it's Teddy. So it says Ted at the top. And on it, I wrote, failure isn't falling down, it's staying down. And it is now taped onto my vanity and it has been there since the day she said that to me. And I have moved three times since then. That's but it always comes with me and I, and, and that, that's you gotta funny. keep going. I'm That's telling y'all are gotta, super, super young. You gotta get up. You have to keep going. She's and, 95. <laughs> I, I mean, I really, I may have two months left. It's just something that I don't, I don't get. I, I, and I know we're, this is totally on a different topic, but you know, I have so many friends that are my age or even a little younger that, they'll say, I just don't know how you keep doing this. Why do you want to do this? Don't you, don't you want to just like be home? And I just, I love being home. I am home, but I, why when there are things to do, if something interesting is proposed or there's an opportunity, I'm going to do it. Right. And I would encourage Fantastic. Courtney to do that. I, I just think that is the way you live this life that is, that we're blessed with, you know, yeah. when you, when we are on this earth and you have the, the knowledge or the imagination to come up with something, then don't let someone tell you, you can't do it. Well, that's a great place for us to wrap up. And I think that's how you stay young forever too. And so uh, we know, we know. Or at least now. immature. <laughs> or at least immature. <laughs> great. All right. Thank you so much, ladies, uh, and thank you for the extra time because I knew we were going to get into this great story, and I, I think so many people are, are going to be able to watch this and, and get so much from it. I think we've helped a lot of people, um, and I really appreciate you being on the show. I can't wait to bring you back in a year or two just to get that update, um, and you'll be my first non-live recorded podcast, so this will always be special to me. Aww. So well, you're you. just delightful yourself. Thank you very much.